0: but yeah. well, that's good that's good that's you know new new things new horizons um and, and this weekend uh, yeah,
1: we, we got to kick it this weekend
0: man y- yeah that was awesome man you 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 just popped up on me here in the shy you know <laughs> and you and you was right down the street so yeah you, you we were here actually right
1: here in this spot um on sunday hanging no out doubt. and it Went was to you- i enjoyed it i enjoyed it you know for us to finally. uh get that face-to-face time and, and to really sit down and, and get to chop it up, you know, other than on the show, yeah. you know, we, we could talk about some other things. And uh, I got a picture with one of the first, uh, with the first source magazine. You sure did. The yeah, yeah, and it wasn't black and white. I thought the source was always black and white. So I found out some other stuff that I didn't know. That- <laughs> The source was color.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was a color piece of paper, a yellow piece of paper. The, there was no color photos or anything uh, for a minute. But yeah, you probably got, like you were saying, maybe like a Xerox copy that people were handing
1: out. Uh, yeah, they probably were just going around the prison, making copies of your magazine, passing it out, exactly. which is the way, which is the best way to blow up. You know, that word of mouth marketing is, is, is incredible. Definitely, definitely. And then we we got a chance to go down to your book signing
0: out here. So, you know, anyone that has not uh, picked up your book or read your book, it's an incredible book. Uh, You can order it on on Rick's website, FreewayRicky.com. That's right. Ricky Ross. FreewayRickyRoss.com. Yes, yes. My bad. My bad. That's okay. uh, so this is, this is After the Snow. It's the podcast that uh, we host together. I'm Dave Mays. I'm a creator of The Source magazine and now the creator and co-founder of uh, Breakbeat Media, uh, which is the new uh, podcast network for the hip-hop community. Uh, we've got a, a slate of amazing podcast shows. Some of them are out already. Some of them coming soon. So uh, you know, definitely stick with us. Uh, my co-host, Freeway Rick Ross, uh, in, the the building, uh-huh. in the building, in the building,
1: absolutely.
0: And, and you know
1: what else was amazing? That the guy that's working with you on the Larry Hoover story asked me about uh, one of my best friends. You know, uh, Norman was my best friend in high school, and to find yeah. out that Norman was connected to a uh, uh, to Larry Hoover and, and the Chicago movement was uh, was amazing and surprising. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I really looked up to Larry. Uh, out of all American Gangster uh, series that 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 I uh, that I watched, uh, next to mine, of course. <laughs> I, I like Larry Hoover's the best.
0: <laughs> yeah, Larry has an incredible story that really, really needs to be told. Um, Breakbeat, as you mentioned, has been working on the first uh, authorized uh, documentary telling. Uh, Larry's life story from beginning all the way up to today and the, the fight to get him home right now to his family. Uh, so shout out to uh, Johans. That's the writer and reporter uh, uh, here in Chicago that you met and uh, shout out to uh, miss Wendy, Larry and all the family. And uh, that's going to be coming soon from Breakbeat uh summertime. We uh, you know, we'll be dropping the Larry Hoover series, uh, 10 parts, 10 episodes, so uh I'll yeah. definitely be listening to every one of those. You know, I, I also had a
1: chance to read a lot of their case because uh, I was in jail with a couple of guys from, from, uh, from his case, mm. you know, Bible, uh, T, uh was guys that I got really close to while I was in the pen. Matter of fact, I won my first basketball title with, with Poteet. We was on the same team. So uh shout out to Poteet and, and me winning my first uh basketball championship you know I've been playing ball a long time but I was never able to win a championship and finally I did it at uh FCI Victorville <laughs>
0: That's what's up That's what's up so so this is after the snow this is the podcast where we talk about the TV show Snowfall uh we're in the 5th season of Snowfall it's become one of the you know the biggest shows uh on TV highest uh, rated um and uh we just finished uh watching uh, episode 7 out of 10 for this new season and um to me they turned it around because uh, you know the last couple weeks it's been feeling like you know where are things going a lot of kind of things that kind of just seem a little crazy the tiger and some of the other stuff that's been going on it just seemed like you know they they they're pushing it but um to me it felt like they uh they got back into a real groove with this show You know, I know I really back in a little bit. Yeah, I I know I I was I was really, you know, intrigued. I couldn't stop watching, you know, the show. I want to wait for these commercials to be
1: over so I can I can see what happened. So uh... and and, and I understood some of it. The one with uh, with Leon that that really uh, that really brought it back home, you know, and it made me think when when me and Ali first uh, went to went to the big homie Martin uh with a with a fifty dollar rock and uh martin really beat me out of the he beat me out of the out of the cocaine and 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 ollie, ollie really wanted to do something to martin and uh and and i can remember me telling ollie man you can't kill martin martin a big homie you know uh because you know ollie was was more more of a hot head than 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 i was you know back in the days uh but Reeling you know, really that in and seeing him and Leon talking and, and, and trying to come to some type of agreement. Uh I thought that was real. Yeah,
0: yeah. So last week, uh <laughs> as as everybody probably remembers, uh, you know, there was this um, you know, where there had been this rash of drive-by shootings, uh three drive-by shootings, you know, shoot shot up all of Franklin and his crew. Um, and we've been trying to, you know, f- figure out who it was. We found out, uh, at the end of last episode that, uh, it was supposed to be Kane, who was an OG, uh, his younger brother, Kevin was, uh, Franklin and Leon's boy, uh, you know, close, close friend, uh, that grew up together, started. No, they looked up to him. He was a big homie.
1: Remember Leon said that he always wanted to be like Kane. And, and, and that was something else that kind of surprised me. This surprised me is that Kane admitted it. So so easily, you know, oh, that, like, that he was behind it. Yeah, like that was kind of like, ah, uh, you know, like I don't really. I mean, that don't usually happen in the streets, you know, where where a guy admits that. Yeah, I tried to kill you and your mama and your sister, your your girl, your pregnant girlfriend, and and everybody else in your family. You know, that's not something that's that's usually easy admitted. So yeah, that, now that kind of took me a little bit. You know, I yeah. thought he would have would have hit it a little better. You know.
0: yeah yeah but that was an interesting scene um and while we're on that you're talking about you know leon uh you know goes to meet with kane um and of course you know there's a lot of discussion in this episode what are we going to do to retaliate are we going to you know retaliate now wait or you know leon has another plan and he goes to meet uh with kane to talk about you know squashing things you know nobody you know, got killed, fortunately. And, uh, you know, he figures it's better to, um, you know, form some type of alliance. Kane is an OG that apparently has a lot of great relationships around the city uh, that can be beneficial to their business and um, convinces him to, you know, squash things. And, uh, you know, they talk about what happened to his brother and why that happened. And, you know, he has an honest conversation with him um and uh that's the way they, they well, you know they took
1: now i i believe they took that out of my book you know i i talked about in the book where uh i go to the skating ring and uh and there was a guy from uh, the great street crips named named honcho and uh it's funny last time i saw him we had a party you know we, we was throwing little parties and stuff because we was trying to be on the hip-hop scene too You know, we we were thinking about getting some rappers and and we was doing the party, the DJ. We had all the equipment and everything. And and we was doing little parties with our little lowrider club. And one night we had a party and and Hancho comes to the party and uh, he didn't know we we we, having cocaine money now. And uh, he pulls up on little Tommy and little Tommy had a car that, you know, nobody probably in in L.A. was going to mess with no more because he, he had the kind of money that most people in L.A. didn't have. And uh, he beat Hancho, and Hancho wanted to fight. And and I had a pistol in my pocket, and I was like, Hancho, we ain't doing no fighting. You know, Tommy at that time probably was about 15, 16 years old, you know, so he's like my little homie. And I'm like, I ain't letting nobody beat up the little homie. You know what I'm saying? Hancho got like 23-inch arms, you know, bench pressing 500, 600 pounds on the bench. So we ain't doing no fighting with this guy. And um, Hancho. <laughs> <clears throat> the next time I see him, I'm at the skating ring and I'm by myself. I'm going to pick up a chick from the skating ring and uh, and I don't have my pistol. And I'm in the back of the skating ring. No, no, no exit. <laughs> I can't get out. And Honcho walks in and he got three guys with him. And, uh, you know, I tell him myself, you finna get your ass beat tonight. And uh, it just so happened that uh, when we got close to each other, he started smiling at me, you know, to kind of smile like, yeah, I like what you're doing. And uh, I put him down that next day. I told him to come by the house. You know, after I found out I didn't get my ass beat, I told him to come by the house the next day. I think I threw him about eight ounces, just gave them to him. 20. And at that time, ounces was worth about 2400 2500 to me. Uh, but somebody else could take that same ounce and maybe make $5,000 off each one of them. So and that started our relationship on another level. And uh, I see the same thing as what Leon is trying to do with Kane. Uh, recruiting uh, somebody that he knows has a lot of power and a lot of juice that could really move a lot of dope.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, when, uh, when they meet, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. They're at uh, a place called Tam's Burgers. Uh, Tam's Burgers um, has been somewhat of a fixture in Compton for a long time. I'm not sure
1: how long it's been around. Um, uh, but I know 30, it's 40 my- years, cheap hamburgers, you know, cheap fries. You know, you go there late at night uh, when everybody else is closed, they're open. Um, uh, yeah. you know, fast food, you know, but a little better than McDonald's and, 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 Jack in the box. But at the same time, you know, a fast food joint, you know, um, I've been there a few times.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, Sure. I'm uh, sure. Now that that's the location, that's also uh, notable because um, this is where Suge Knight got into the altercation um, that resulted in him running over uh, 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 Terry Carter. Terry Carter,
1: and uh, rest in peace. Terry A good Carter. friend of mine. A good friend of mine. You know Terry is is one of the three founders of of the Bloods. Uh, uh, Terry Cardo. Uh, big Putin and terry carter are are considered the founders uh uh, of the bloods
0: Um, wow
1: and and i didn't really know terry cardo uh uh i I was still kind of young uh when terry cardo was alive uh but me and Putin was was pretty good friends as well as terry carter
0: yeah yeah so so uh terry you know died that day out, out out front of tam's burgers Um, and Suge is now, you know, doing a lot of time, 28 years or whatever he got, uh, for, for that case at Tam's Burgers. Um, so shout out to, to Suge as well. Um, I always tell the story of how important Suge Knight was to me and to the source, um, especially those source awards in 95 that everybody remembers, you know, they remember the, you know, kind of the drama with should going on stage and, you know, (laughs) kind of and puffy and and that kind of stuff, but uh, should put up a lot of money to help uh, make that show what it was, you know, that opening uh, scene where uh, the whole death row lineup comes out of the jail cells performing. And I mean, it was an incredible uh, show that they put on and he paid for all of that. Um, no other label put up money like that to support, uh, the first televised edition of the source awards in 1995.
1: So, um, I didn't know that, man.
0: Yeah. 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 I had a, had a really good relationship with Suge for, for a number of years. And even recently I, I, I spoke to him, um, like I was telling you, maybe a couple months ago, I, I was able to get on the phone with him and, you know, we chopped it up a little bit. Uh, he sounded in good spirits. But um,
1: good, 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 good. I'm waiting on a phone call, a phone call from him right now. You know, he also went uh went with me against Universal when uh when I sued the rapper for stealing my name. Uh, she came in and told him, you know, told the lawyers of Universal that they knew that this guy had took my name and 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 they knew that they owed me money and that they should give it to me.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good that he that he tried to help you out with that that situation. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. You
1: know. Uh, I got to admit this show has always been, you know, a good dude to me.
0: Yeah. Well now, um, before we shift back to the show, um, we've also talked before about Hario. Uh, Hario was, uh, your celly when I believe you first went to prison. Um, Harry O was a, you know, a player in the LA scene in the eighties, you know, uh, kind of contemporary of yours. Um, and Hario is, you know, alleged to be the one who put up the money to start Death Row Records with Suge and Dr. Dre. And, um, you know, of course, they had an ongoing dispute for a long time and lawsuits and et cetera. But um, now, for one reason or another, the tables are kind of turned. You know, Suge is locked up. Harry O got out uh, not too too long ago, and he's back on the scene uh, trying to make things happen. But I know you know uh, Harry Harry O well. So just yep. share yep. your share your perspective on that, if if you could.
1: Well, well, you know, uh, uh, right now, um, matter of fact, me and Harry talked the first time a couple couple weeks of that. Uh, but you know, he really don't want me talking about it in public publicly. Uh, so so I don't think it'd be appropriate for me to really go into to, to our relationship or what we what we've been through, but we were cellies. I was there when, when Sheila came down to the prison and met him the first time. Uh, I think Harry's a brilliant man. Uh, I'm looking for great things from Harry. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just amazing that that, that they've traded places, yeah. you know. Uh, when you think about it, uh, you know, Harry, Harry uh, came up with a lot of those ideas while he was in prison, and now that, that he's out, uh, and I hear he may be running Death Row now.
0: Oh, really? They say, yeah, they say Snoop.
1: Snoop, they say Snoop. They Snoop bought Death Row, and uh, uh, I think that he has Harry or running it for him, or they're running it. They may even be partners. I'm not for sure uh, how how that's working out. But uh, but people Man. can look for some great things coming from Harry. Harry's a very very, very brilliant dude. Uh, like I said in uh, other times, you know, he's one of the ones who started me reading books while I was in prison, and and uh, put me up on magazines and and just so much stuff that uh, that he was doing not only for me but for other guys as well uh, that was in prison and uh, you know people look for some great things to happen from you?
0: Yeah, I've never I never met him, but I, I look forward to, to meeting him one day. Um, and so, did did you have a chance to get involved in in uh, death row at the beginning, or that was Harry's deal? You didn't know. No well,
1: I, I, I was supposed to be a part of it, you know, when it when it all started uh <clears throat> i'm the one that found out that uh that dre was was having problems with easy first and and you know i told harry about it uh and and that's the way he started looking for drake you know because i told him that they was having the problems and uh he was working on lydia's album and uh i thought that it would be a good idea to have dre produce uh one of her records for
0: wow okay so you were right there. That's that was a, a big moment in history, you know, when Dr. Dre decides to leave, uh, ruthless records and N.W.A. and you know walks away from everything, uh, partners up with Suge Knight, and um, they launched Death Row Records. And of course, you know Death Row has changed the whole course of of hip
1: hop. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so let's let's bring it back to the show, man. Because like I said, this was a good show. There's a lot of interesting things that's going on that uh, we can talk about. Um, you know, they 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 start off like you know they having a meeting. They're trying to figure out what to do. Leon has his plan, and uh, you know, in the meantime, you know, you know who was turned out to be vicious is the auntie, man. Auntie Louie. I was just about to bring her up. You know, she she, she don't play,
1: man. She pretty, but she don't play.
0: She got her own ideas. Uh, so, of course, you know, she goes to meet with her uh, police contact, Buckley, and tells him, you know, she wants to kill him to kill uh, Kane, uh for what he did. And, um, you know, basically, they agree on a $150,000 payment. Um, and why
1: is she paying so much, though? That's a lot. That's a lot, yeah, You know, in the hood. You can get somebody killed in the hood for a couple thousand dollars, you know, and, and and you're talking about a gangbanger, a known gangbanger fresh out of jail. You know, when those kind of guys get killed in the hood, nobody really cares, you know. It's uh, a long story, but I, I, you know, the guy who gave me the name Freeway Rick, uh, he he was kind of like a cane on the streets, you know. Gene uh, Clayton was his name, and uh Todd from Main Street uh, uh, wind up killing Jake. You know, uh, They had a couple incidents. You know, Todd was banging his old lady because uh, Jake used to clown us all the time every time we, we would go to the to, to the street races and, and he would always clown us about our cars being so raggedy. But then Todd started banging his wife. Uh, you know, Ty was my boy and uh, Jake found out that he was banging his wife so we caught him at the skating ring one day and they beat him up pretty bad. And eventually Todd uh, Todd caught him slipping and and, and killed him. Uh, And, you know, when they caught Todd, they only gave him a couple years because everybody wanted Jake off the streets. Hmm. You know, so when those kind of guys get killed, nobody really... You know, the courts are not really like... You know, he didn't kill a a college football player or nothing like that. That's what I'm trying to say. He's the kind of guy that the police... Would be like when they said, "Yeah, we knew he's gonna get killed." Wonder what yeah. took so long. So yeah. you know, with a cane, and I would see a cane almost in the same. I mean, if I would have did the scene, it would have been almost like the same thing. Like nobody gonna really care if Kane get killed.
0: Right. That's what she said, though. She kind of said that, you know. So, um, but <clears throat> she, she's overpaying for for TV purposes. Let's let's say, uh, but Louis really is. You know, uh, you're starting to see a whole you know, another level to her character. Um, you know, she um, she's always, to me, if you go back, I mean, she's always been kind of hungry and kind of thirsty for power and money going back to, to the beginning. Um, you know, Jerome was always, you know, taking the lead uh, and running things. But now, you know, the tables are turning here again, and Louis is starting to, um, you know, it's like a power shift where Louis is now becoming – the leader um, <clears throat> because Jerome, as we see towards the end of the show, goes back to his neighborhood and he wants to reconnect and do, you know. Well, and Jerome about- just
1: seemed like a brute. You know, he's just a big old guy. He's angry. You know, he, he doesn't really think a whole lot. You know, uh, uh, Louis, she's more calculated. Even, uh, was that her girlfriend she killed, uh, uh, O d Was that her girlfriend that, that, that she-, that she, that she
0: uh, In the early seasons?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, you know, yeah. I've been going back through the seasons. I, I've been running through them kind of like, you know, watching two or three, uh, yeah. uh, uh, shows at a time. And, and, and some of the stuff flashes in my mind and out of my mind, but I can remember when she, she goes in and the lady was in a, in a, uh, in the bathtub and she had some hair on there, and, and, uh, they don't really show if Louie was the one who gave her the hair on, but the emphasis is that she did. And then, you know, the cop, remember the cop who came, comes in and arrest her, um, uh, he was trying to pin the murder on her right he thought he was right. going to get a confession mm-hmm. out of her right uh, yeah that was a of... that
0: was her girlfriend
1: yep and she was right. in love with her yeah she was yeah yeah so so for her to kill somebody she's in love with it's kind of showing her her viciousness and her her ambition to get to the top you know like uh i i'll I'll get to the top over love uh, over whatever you know i'm i'm just going I, i'm not going uh i'm not going to play with this thing
0: so, so while we're talking about Louie, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Of course, you know, Jerome proposes to her. They get engaged. You know, we see in the preview at the end of the episode that there's a big wedding taking place. We don't know if that's going to happen next week or what, but they, there is this wedding scene that they uh, flash at the very end. Uh, but at the same time, we got to talk about this uh, kind of energy going on between uh, Buckley the cop and Louie. You know, like it's looking like they might get together. You know, of course, Buckley's been, you know, dropping lines and hints and called her beautiful and this, that, and the other. Uh, but, you know, it looks like there could be something there that that pops up down down the road between them.
1: Yeah, well, well that would be interesting because he, you're right. Uh, he is capping that. he's been capping that all along. Even when she was hooking him up with the other girls, he still was kind of digging on her. Uh, but, you know, everybody wants the one with the power. And I guess he's starting to see that that that, that she's wedging some power right now, and uh, I guess he's attracted not only to her beauty but also to her her tenacity to get to the top, you know, to 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 be willing to do whatever. Because he seems like a, a do whatever it takes to to get, you know, a dirty cop is the worst is the worst person in the world to me, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know ones who 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 uh, forge uh, uh search warrants and lie on the witness stand and. You know, when they start doing that, they they become worse than, than the worst, in, in my personal opinion, you know, uh, and here he is talking about committing the murder. So uh, he's doing one of the ultimate uh, uh, crimes that a person commit, could commit, and especially coming from from law enforcement.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we got to keep our eye on that, and, um, you know, we also see in that preview, um louie having some kind of meeting with teddy the cia agent so we're going to talk about what that might might mean but um before we start thinking about what's going to come next let's let's go back into this episode now another big part of this episode is is peaches and you know the whole situation you know where's peaches did he sell them out and jerome goes out there trying to track him down. And uh, finds out that he he's a heroin junkie. Wow! And that, now that was
1: a surprise.
0: Yeah, that because, came kind of
1: because everything you know, he he was always doing his nose. Mm-hmm. So 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 that would have been more of a cocaine, you know, problem than 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 the heroin problem. But you know, the guys do snort heroin. You know, they do snort it. Uh, but I never seen them where where the nose drain you know, like it does with the cocaine, you know, the cocaine, it, it, it it'll make your nose run if, if you, if you're starting a lot of it. Uh, so, so I thought he was going to be a, a, a cocaine user more so than, than a junkie. Uh, but that was surprising, you know, to see that the guy said he comes to that house, you know, with, with water needles or in arms and, you know, everybody got the tracks and, and so forth. Uh, I was, I was surprised.
0: Yeah. Now, just let's talk a little bit about heroin, you know, what what that was like at the time when you got into the drug game in the late 70s and early 80s and how, how you would compare that to cocaine and, and eventually crack.
1: Well, you know, I had I had an opportunity to get into heroin. you know, where you look at it like this here, you know, here I am, you know, 23, 24 years old. And I'm running around South Central uh, with a couple million dollars. Uh, so I had the opportunity and people came to me with all kind of different offers, you know, from being able to get into PCP, uh, heroin, cocaine, weed, uh, you know, when you have the money, the money buys opportunities. So uh, I had the opportunity to get into heroin, but, but I had already kind of seen, you know, the effects of heroin, you know, the, the junkies laying on the street, uh, dirty clothes, uh, you know, not showering. And, and I, I, I didn't think I want part of that, uh, PCP. When, when I looked at PCP, you know, I saw people, you know, getting naked, running in football stadiums, you know, at concerts. And, uh, matter of fact, I had a cousin, uh, who, who was a dear cousin to me. And one time he got high and he climbed up in a tree, uh, but naked talking about he was a cuckoo bird. Uh, yeah. so 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 I had saw the effects of, of PCP and, and and I didn't I didn't want any parts of that either. I
0: I remember they used to call that love boat in DC
1: um, <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, so so uh but cocaine was different. You know, when I saw cocaine, um I saw pimps, you know, driving Cadillacs with big grills and looking like Superfly with the gold chains on and you know, Rick James was getting high, and uh, uh Richard Pryor and Don Cadeas and Quincy Jones, you know, guys like this here. So it looked it more attractive to me. Hmm. It didn't it didn't look like a, a junkie uh 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 drug, it looked more like a piece of Hollywood.
0: Right. And that was more what you were, I guess, aspiring Towards is that? Was oh, that absolutely! I
1: was definitely. A, a, I mean, you know, tennis is is really a part of of, of entertainment. You know, uh, uh, people go watch tennis is for entertainment. So, so I wanted to be in the entertainment world. You know, uh, one time I wanted to play football, basketball, and and you know who, who who didn't want to be on TV? You know, when you see uh, um, people on TV, you think about big money. You know, and and I wanted a part of that. Yeah
0: um so um let's keep let's keep going um with the show um i think another major theme that we should talk about is um what's going on with jerome that you're seeing kind of psychologically you know you see it um when he goes to the va hospital the doctor's telling him you know You should be really taking care of yourself. You should look into therapy. Then he sits in on that therapy session with the other junkie guy uh, that knows peaches and he's listening to the stories and they're talking about how, you know, they're constantly angry, how they had to deal with being hunted down and, you know, feeling like somebody's out to kill them all the time. And, um, and then, and then, you know, Jerome goes to that garden He's sitting in the garden reflecting with the birds chirping and the fish and all that kind of stuff going on. And he's thinking about things. And um, so, you know, you really start he's to... A,
1: he's under a lot of pressure. You know, when when you, you think about the, the, the life that they're living, you know, he's walking around with a gun every day. I've been there. I know what it's like. You know, I get up in the morning, put my clothes on, Eat my breakfast, put my bulletproof vest on, and put my pistol in my pocket. You know, that's a lot of pressure. And 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 the only reason a guy would be carrying a pistol is for two reasons. One, he thinks somebody may try to kill him, or he may have to kill somebody. <clears throat> so when when you're when you're living that type of a lifestyle and in, in in uh I, I think that's what the writers were trying to uh, project when when they show him with with this with this with this anger and this uh, 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 this brutal strength that he it's almost like he's wearing this this facade you know that I got to be like this you know to to protect myself and to protect my family.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to me, what they're kind of doing, which is cool in a sense with the show, is they're raising the issue of mental health in the hood. And, you know, there's, there's always kind of been a stigma about mental health and, you know, people feeling, you know, like they, sh- they don't need help or to go to ask somebody for for help. And, um, you know, in the recent years, there seems to be a few more people speaking up about that and trying to direct resources into mental health for our, you know, for our inner city, uh, communities. So, um, what, what do you what do you think about that?
1: Well, we we definitely have a mental problem in, in South Central. Uh, I mean, you know, when I was coming up, Dave, I I thought that the life that I lived was normal. You know, I thought it was totally normal to get up and put your gun in your pocket, you know, and be ready to kill somebody or get killed or go to prison. Uh, so when, when you look at that, you know, I, I got a friend. You know, I've been knowing this guy since since elementary. Um he did forty years in prison, and the guy believes that hurting people is something that he should do if somebody gets out of line with him in any kind of way you know he he's been so used to uh 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 being brutal to people that 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 this has become a way of life for him, and he thinks nothing of it, you know. He has no, no, no not even a second thought about, you know, really, really punishing somebody for whatever reason. Uh, so th- those are definitely mental problems. Those are definitely mental health problems. You know, uh, um, the gang banging, you know, those are mental health problems. You know, when, when you feel that, uh, uh you should hurt somebody because they're from a different neighborhood or because they took your girlfriend or, or. You know, just some of, the, some of the dumb stuff that that, that we uh, 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 kill people over in, in, in the community, you know, uh, or going up to an ATM machine and robbing somebody for their money because you don't have any. You know, that's a mental problem, you know, that you feel that you can take somebody else's who, who went out and worked hard for it uh, just on the simple fact that you don't have. <laughs> so I think that those are all some mental issues that uh, we definitely need to uh tap into.
0: Would you say that, you know, if people who are looking for, you know, some solutions, do you, would you say that putting more resources behind mental health uh, services uh, for for folks um, would be a good idea? You know, do you think that stigma is still there? Or how do we get past that stigma so that people can get the uh, the help that they need?
1: Well, we definitely need to put more resources into, into, uh, into the, our our communities. Um, you, you know, uh, my, my tennis coach, you know, when, when I first went to prison and me and him used to talk all the time, uh, and we talked about rehabilitation and he said that in order to be rehabilitated, you first have to be habilitated the first time. And so many times in our community, people have never been habilitated. So you know, we definitely need to put resources toward habilitating our people. And and uh, helping them with some of the uh, the traumas that has went on in 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 our community.
0: Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying, like how when you grew up, you thought all this stuff was normal, you know. And I think people on the outside looking in don't realize how that might be to grow up in one of these communities. Um, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, like when we saw Leon taking the kids on a bus trip to the beach, like a lot of these kids, you know, a lot of young people have never left their hood. You know, they have never gone to the beach, let alone travel anywhere else in the world, let alone, you know, have any idea of what's out there. So all they know is, you know, the environment that,
1: that they're in. Absolutely. 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 And, and that's something else that, that we need to do is, is give different exposure. You know, you can only, your dreams can only go as far as the things you saw that you've been able to to visualize. And you can only visualize things that you see happening. So uh, we definitely need to put more resources toward those, those areas in my yep. personal opinion. Yeah. And that's why um, it's so important to me to do my own TV series is because these are the things that needs to be explained and has, in my opinion, Dave has never been explained in any TV show or any movie about black people. You know, they just don't get it. You know, they think that, uh, you know, most, most of the time when the news media are, are promoting blacks, we're, we're just violent, vicious, uh, uh, unsympathetic uh, 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 human beings. And, and, and that's not the case. Uh, uh, we have feelings just like everybody else. Uh, we have sympathy. Uh, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you are what you see here.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so another another theme that I liked to see in this episode that's in a similar vein, you know, what they're doing with the show is, um, you know, showing a certain level of consciousness Amongst the characters and and a desire to give back to the community and do things, you see it with Leon. Leon, of course, we've spoke about, has sort of transformed, and he's you know almost a, a black power advocate now. Um, you know, in terms of you know you know we got to stop this violence and we're killing each other and that type of message and and wanting to do things for the people, and then and then we see the same thing. Uh, with Jerome in this episode where he says, look, you know, I need to get back to my roots. I want to go back into the community. You know, I want to do things, build businesses in the hood. And, you know, that's where the show ends is him, you know, going back to the hood and, and, and you know, looking at, at doing stuff like that.
1: Yeah, because the way uh, uh, Kane was saying about Leon, like Leon was a terrorist. Mm -hmm. when he left the streets you know he he he, i forgot the words that he used but he was he was referring to leon being hard-headed uh and and you're talking about a a gang member calling you know a gang leader calling you hard-headed i I wrote it
0: down i wrote it down he said uh raging lawless leon
1: (laughs) 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 yeah i knew it was something like that so so when you're talking about a gang leader saying this about the youngster you know uh, 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 and you're talking about a youngster that probably would have did whatever Cain wanted him to do, you know, because he looked yeah. up to Cain. Yeah. So, you know, he would have followed Cain to the end of the world if Cain would have allowed him to, you know, but apparently Cain was trying to uh, steer Leon in a different direction. So now you're talking about here, Leon is becoming a conscious brother, you know, talking about we, we don't want to be killing each other. Uh but then on the other hand, you know, he's talking about killing killing the Mexicans, you know, for for what they done. So, uh he still has that, that viciousness in him, but uh he he wants to look out for the people that he feels is is his own.
0: We might have talked about this once before, but I wanted to bring it up again. I mean, you know, there are people in real life that probably, you know, that that not probably, but do think like Leon and Jerome, you know, they're they're making money, and they want to find ways to help their community. But you don't see a lot of it. I mean, number one, you don't hear the stories, a lot of the people who are doing the work in the community, but talking about people who become famous, you know, and the, the challenges of, you know, staying in your hood, you know, building businesses in the hood. Uh, we talked about how, how you've been able to maintain that you know, down to earth presence and, and being able to, to, you know, still visit your communities. Uh, but then, you know, we look at what happened with Nipsey Hussle, um, who was really committed to building things in South central LA and providing opportunities and, um, you know, and how he was killed and all that, you know, was kind of wiped out, unfortunately, but, you know, killed in his own hood. Um, so well, you know it's dangerous in the
1: hood you have to know how to to maneuver inside the hood you know maneuvering inside the hood is not the same as maneuvering in the valley and the hills you know it's it's a different movement you know you, you, you're talking about and like i was just telling you about my, my guy antonio uh, in the They call they start calling m&m uh you have to know how to maneuver around these guys because these guys have absolutely no um, <clears throat> no regrets on hurting you if you get out of line with them. They they will they guys like that will punish you if you make them feel a certain way. So you know you, you have to maneuver in, in the in the hood in that in that type of fashion. You know, uh even even, you know, where I'm standing at right now, you know, I'm I'm in what they call the Denver Lane and hood. I stay in the Denver Lane hood right now. Uh, I grew up in the Hoover hood. Hoovers in Denver Lane was arch one enemies. So I've had guys from Denver Lane who got out of the pen and come at me, you know. And and these are guys who 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 was like the guy who killed Nipsey, you know. They got they got track records, and you have to handle those type of situations delicately, you know. You can't. uh, 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 blow up and, and, you know, and, and and be Billy badass, you know, you have to really handle those situations delicately. And so, you know, when you're maneuvering in, in, in South Central, you definitely have to, uh, tread water carefully. Rest,
0: Rest in peace to Nipsey, the great man. He was, you know, one of the few that was willing to take those risks that you're talking about and, and try to, you know, Create things for his community, um, and we don't see enough of that. And no, especially, we don't. We especially need more in, in hip hop. <clears throat> so major, major loss uh, for hip hop. Um, you know,
1: you know what I was gonna say too. That I was funny to me is, is they got all these white people in South Central. You know, in the eighties, it wasn't white people in South Central. Right. <laughs> it wasn't even many Mexicans in South Central in the eighties. You know, and South Central was was really a black community. Uh, was really a solid black community, uh, you know, having dope houses where, where white people were in there shooting hair on. Ah, come on. No, stop. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just popped in my head that I, I had to bring it up because I'm seeing all these, you know, Teddy running around the community. Even, you know, when 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 my connections, you know, I had to tell them, you know, sometimes they would be riding through the neighborhood looking for me. And I just man, listen, man, don't be coming over here, man. <laughs> listen, right. them dudes might know you, but they don't really know you. Right. You know, these dudes will, will catch you and tie you up. You know right. what I'm saying? And be talking about, man, bring a ransom for this dude. You want him right. back? Bring some paper. <laughs> right. Right. So it it just it, it wasn't it, I mean, that 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 was, you know, some 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 big fabrications, you know, having you know, white guys just walking down the street and, uh it didn't happen in the eighties.
0: Yeah. Um so a few more things I want to cover uh from the episode. Um Sissy, Franklin's mom, you know, she's becoming more of a a factor a little bit. She's talking to Veronique and kind of, you know, you know, putting a wedge in a certain sense between uh Franklin and Veronique. Uh, you know, she's she says she's doing it. Uh, to help Franklin. Um, But we see her having some thoughts about taking that device, that listening device that she was given a few episodes back by this guy that we still don't know who he is. We still haven't seen him return yet. I'm sure he will. Uh, But she's thinking about putting that microphone in Franklin's office. Is that the answer to get out of this mess in, in, in her mind?
1: Uh, i I don't know maybe maybe in her mind that, that might be the way to get him out you know it might be the way to send him to the penitentiary you know we don't we don't know yet uh how how that would turn out uh but I don't think it's going to turn out good for for franklin uh at all you know that there's really nothing good could come out of uh having his conversations on on uh, on tape or or, or uh, people being able to bring up What he's been talking about i think that's a negative all the way uh i don't see any way that 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 could be a positive uh yeah i I, you know i I believe that that if she really wanted to get him out uh uh, she she would just have to put more pressure on him you know go in and, and, and 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 give him that motherly love and 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 explain to him even though my mom did it i still didn't quit uh <laughs> but I wasn't as rich as Franklin is right now. Yeah. Well, Franklin is mean, rich as hell, you know. Uh, they, they're playing with looked like they're playing with hundreds of millions, you know. Uh uh when I looked at the wall of cocaine that they had in um, what's the big rappers guy's name? Uh. Oso. When Hoso was doing the inventory, you know, and I see Teddy with all this cocaine. I wish I would have had all that cocaine when I was selling, you know. I <laughs> I would have quit in about two weeks <laughs> yeah they had a lot of cocaine up in that joint man that looked like uh cocaine in it so so uh I, I think that 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 uh I don't know you know it's like they're making money legally now. he's in the newspaper uh uh you know why are you still selling? you know my thing is that I was always looking for a way out. And and one of the ways that that, that I made my mistake, Dave, is that I thought my way out was to get a business and let somebody else run it for me. You know, you take over the business. Mm -hmm. You know, I I never understood the fact that just like I didn't turn my dope sack over to nobody, that I wasn't supposed to turn my businesses over to somebody and expect them to take my business and make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because most of the time it wasn't their dream. You know, it was my dream. And their goals was just to get money out of me. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but it seems like they're doing really well uh, in, in their legal businesses.
0: Yeah, I, I can relate to that as an entrepreneur, mostly all of my life, pretty much. I mean, people are never going to see the things you see um, the way you see them, and uh, yeah, you have to learn how to delegate, and you have to learn how to build a team because you can't do it alone. Um, but you know, it's hard to expect someone else, like you said, to to take over a business and run it with the same, you know, commitment and passion that you have as an entrepreneur. That's definitely a, a challenge. And, and,
1: and I was looking in the, in the wrong places. You know, I read a book one time and it talked about, uh, would you go fishing in a pond where the water was black? And the answer to that was no. You know, I wouldn't be fishing for fish in a pond where the water was black and I'm going to eat that fish. And basically what they were saying about that. When you hire employees, you know, you got to go to where there's a nice pool of employees, you know, where the people are, are hungry or uh, trying to have something. And, 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 you know, me thinking that my goal was to bring up my hood. Uh, I was fishing in the wrong pond. You know, I was fishing with guys that, you know, the only thing they had really cared about in life a lot of times was hurting people, uh, uh, uh gang banging and, and so forth. So, uh, and that was a valuable lesson for me is that you have to know where you where you where you're fishing from.
0: Um so yeah, going back to Sissy, I think, you know, she can kind of lead us into the last major thing we need to talk about, you know, Sissy and Teddy. So Teddy learns that Franklin's mom is back. This is the first time he's finding out she's back from Cuba. They had an agreement when he you know, arranged to get Sissy and Franklin's dad out to Cuba, that they were never to return because of what had happened. Um, She's back. Um, Of course, you know, we know she believes that Teddy killed uh, her husband and Franklin's dad. And so I'm sure she doesn't feel like that agreement uh, stands anymore. But, um, you know, there's definitely something going on there. Uh, You know, she's plotting on Teddy. Teddy. Teddy's plotting on Franklin. Um, how's Is that Franklin all- going to let
1: uh, uh, Teddy kill his mama?
0: I don't think, I don't know. I hope not. I don't think that's going to happen. I just think there's going to be. I mean, but it could come down to that though, really.
1: You're talking about if, if Teddy finds out she's trying to kill him. Uh, wouldn't that make it where he may have to go about killing her?
0: It could. And that, you know, and Franklin might be put in that in that spot um, to try to, you know, protect his his mother. I don't think he's now. What I don't we were... think Auntie
1: Louie would have no problem with getting rid of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's she she, she she you know, she's already saying that she don't want no boss. Right. You know, she's she said early on in the series, I don't know which series it was I watched but she's basically said that I don't want to be on nobody's thump.
0: Yeah. And I took that that.
1: to mean, not Franklin, not Teddy, you know, like, I want to be the one. Yeah. Just watch out for that. Remember I brought that up.
0: Yeah. Well, we definitely, there's a lot to look forward to these next three episodes. And, um, you know, when Teddy goes to meet with Franklin, I think the other thing that everybody probably noticed and, and, you know, he just kind of bossed him down. Like he just, you know, just verbally kind of abused him, uh, you know, told him. That ain't the first him. time though, Dave.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. You've he's been done that to that. him a
1: couple times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Franklin's been letting him, you know, kind of, he's been scared of him. Like, like And then even,
1: said. even, even when, uh, when he talked to Louis, you know, he talked about, uh, and I think this is a scene they stole from Superfly. That uh, I ain't gonna do nothing to make him kill me. Right. Remember, he says that to to, to Auntie Louie and him. Right. As long right. as we sell this dope, we'll be all right.
0: Right. Right. Hey, yo, I couldn't help but think when I was watching the the scene in the parking garage with Teddy screaming on Franklin and Franklin just going for it. You know, I'm like, is he is he pulling a Will Smith? On, on Franklin, it's Franklin, it's Franklin, Franklin. Chris Rock getting getting slapped around by by, by uh, Teddy here, and you know, I don't want to make light of, of, of that issue, but that did cross my mind while I was, uh, you know, while I was watching that scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, Franklin has has definitely uh, submitted to Teddy. Yeah, you know, has made Teddy the, the 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 man of the hour. In in you know, in my personal opinion, it should be the other way around. You know, they say money is king.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that leads us to like looking forward where this thing could go from here. I mean, there's a lot of things swirling. I mean, Franklin, you know, is he gonna survive? He's got Teddy plotting on him. He's got Louie kinda looks like starting to, you know, to plot on him. Uh he's gotta worry about his mom and 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 this person that she's you know, hired or whatever. To uh, deal with it. And there's still questions about Veronique, you know, she's, you know, can he trust her? Is she trying to, you know,
1: uh, uh, I think she's gonna pull out on him.
0: Yeah, she's trying to leave him. She keeps kind of making references about that. And then, you know, we see that scene, it's very quick, but there's a scene where Teddy meets with a guy who he's talking to about uh, you know, uh, basically bank fraud and how can you, you know, he has the technology or whatnot to go in and steal money out of these bank accounts, untraced and get rid of it to, uh, untraceable accounts. So it seems like that's what, uh, Teddy is planning to do to Franklin to wipe him out is he's going to steal all of Franklin's money. Um, you know, as, as a means of, of, you know, of wiping him out, uh, um, and giving
1: him control yeah because without the money franklin is is just a normal he's just a normal dude yeah without the cocaine and the money he's just normal there's nothing special i haven't seen anything special about franklin yet you know nothing that really like you know i mean he he has showed some 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 inklings that 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 he can uh I mean, figure out who's fine on him and stuff i like mean that. He's, he's
0: he's no freeway rick ross you know what I mean like He's cool, but he's no freeway Rick Ross.
1: Yeah, I haven't saw it. the <laughs> organizational skills. Uh, uh, I just haven't saw that, you know, that that, right. that, that that makes him something special. You know, and I'm waiting to do that. I mean, you know, if, if you get cocaine at a great price and and uh, um, you sell it at a great price, you know, you, you just make money. But as far as showing other skills, I, I haven't really uh, witnessed that yet
0: sure. in the show. Sure. So at the end, after the show ends, maybe some people don't notice, but after the show ends and all the credits and everything goes off is when they show a little preview of, of next week's episode. So that's where we saw the wedding taking place, uh, Jerome and Louis's wedding. Franklin looks like he's the best man there. Um, we see Louie having a, some kind of meeting with Teddy, and we also see Jerome saying something to the effect of, I'm not going to you know, go to war with my family. So that's sort of suggesting again that this Louis versus Lee, uh Louis versus Franklin battle is gonna heat up and maybe Louie sides with Teddy. You know, she had a relationship with Teddy from previous seasons when Franklin was in jail, Louis was the one kind of dealing with Teddy um so they know each other. So maybe, you know, Teddy thinks Franklin's getting sloppy. Mm-hmm. Teddy doesn't like uh, Franklin investing and going into these big high profile real estate things like we talked about. So he's looking for somebody else to take over and maybe that's going to be Louie.
1: Yeah. I mean, even, even, you know, uh, with, with Franklin, not knowing that peaches was a dope thing. you know, how do you ride in the car with somebody all day, every day and not know that they don't have one. Right. You know, that's hard to do. You know, you never saw him nod out, you don't never saw him scratching. You know, you don't know the signs of a dolphin, and, and you've been, you know, you've been in this business. So right. it's just you know, those are just things that 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 that, that make me question uh uh Franklin's uh, uh ability to recognize what's mm-hmm. going on around him. Well, you know, uh, uh like him recognizing Auntie Louie, you know, Louis told him and she cause she's slick though. Remember, she told him, Oh, yeah, that's a great idea to, to make the deal with uh with, with my man, the one who just got out of jail. Um,
0: oh, oh Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when good. they
1: told him that they was gonna go talk to him? Right. And, and, like, and, yeah. and she said, uh, she said, Oh, so now he's gonna be working with us? Right. And uh Leon said, Yeah, he's gonna be working with us. And then she she almost snapped, but she she caught herself Right. and she said, Oh yeah, good idea.
0: Right, knowing that she got Buckley uh, out there.
1: She's going to, to kill him. To take he, him out. The, uh, Kane is a dead man. Yeah. She's already going to kill Kane.
0: <laughs> and his days are numbered. We'll, we'll see what happens. And, I, I, you know, even with Peaches, like, you know, we don't know. They talk about Peaches supposedly went to Thailand or to Burma, um, you know, but we'll see what really happens. Is he going to pop back up on the show in some capacity? Are we going to learn a little bit more about the story with Peaches, uh, or is it you know as simple as it may seem that he was this heroin junkie that Franklin never noticed, nobody noticed, like you said all this all this time. But we'll we'll see. Um, so uh, we got a lot to look forward to. I, I well one last thing that I really liked is that they brought back uh, great music to the show. Like that when you go to the first few seasons of the show, you know I remember the first season when I watched it, you know, the music, you know, that they chose uh, was just incredible, great music, really, you know, classic music. Um, And they kind of got away from that this season. Uh, But this episode, they had some great music, uh, you know, throughout the the show. So um, I think that was another thing that made me feel like, you know, they really brought the show back. Uh, around with this episode and and it's got me looking forward to the rest of, of, of the season, these next three shows.
1: No doubt. No doubt.
0: Um, So before we sign off um, from after the snow, I I wanted uh, to uh, shout out um, Ebro from hot 97. You had a chance to uh, chop it up with Ebro in the morning uh, crew earlier this week. Uh, If you guys are uh, watching, you can, you can uh, pull it up on the hot 97 YouTube and watch Rick's interview uh, pretty good interview, uh, that you did, uh, earlier this week. I liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it.
1: I enjoyed it. Hebrew was, uh, he was a good interviewer.
0: Yeah. You know, when you,
1: and, and when you get good interviews, you know, I, I'm always, uh, enjoy interviews where the people are, are educated and knowledgeable about what we are talking about.
0: Yeah. You know, when, when you
1: talk to people and they ain't did no research, no and it's like, ah,
0: yeah, he had a lot of questions, and you, and you handled the questions extremely well. Um, I thought you did a great, great job on that interview. So, people should definitely uh, uh, look it up and, and check it out. So, after the snow, we're the uh, Snowfall After Show podcast every week uh, Thursdays on audio, Fridays on the Breakbeat Media YouTube channel to watch the show. Uh, audio is on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, I'm Dave Mays. I got Freeway Rick Ross. Uh, We are the the co-hosts of After the Snow uh, on the Breakbeat uh, Podcast Network. And um, thank you guys for staying with us. And we look forward to seeing you all next week. Peace. Peace.